Welcome to Digital Hospitality. I am your host, Sean Walchef. This is a Cali BBQ Media production. If you are a fan of the show, you know how much we love media. We love it so much. We're serious about barbecue and we're serious about media. So much so that we changed our name to CaliBBQ.media. Why does media? Why is media so important? Um, it gets back to our thesis on digital hospitality. Every business needs to be digital. You have to care about content on the cell phone. Um, the cell phone has come a long way since. Actually, the the Apple phone came out in 2007, the first iPhone. And to think about what we can do now as a brand, as a business, as a small business, as a mid-sized business is pretty absolutely incredible. Um, videos, audio, podcasts, um, social media, it's a way to interact with people that might care about what you're doing. Um, we also know that you have to be hospitable while you do that. So caring about people, responding to people, all those things matter. Uh, this week's guest is a repeat guest. Uh, Tabitha Lipkin was on our Behind the Smoke podcast back two years ago, actually, May of uh, 2017, as a utility wow. player um, for the Fox 5 San Diego family. Um, she grew into some incredible different roles uh, in that position, and now she is going to be going to NBCLX in Dallas. Digital first, NBCLX. Um, more that I researched about what you guys are doing in Dallas and this new opportunity that you have, um, I couldn't be more excited for you and excited for you to share um, what's up next. So welcome to the show. Thanks, Sean. Thanks for having me as a repeat guest. I feel like I'm on SNL and they bring you back another time. So I've got to get to five. <laughs> there you go. Well, Sam, the cooking guy's at three. So you're only one behind him. Oh, oh got to catch up. And speaking of speaking of Sam, the cooking guy, he's part of the Fox Five family as well. So I, yeah. I, I, you, I know today is kind of uh, I appreciate your time. I know that you're getting ready to to move from San Diego, and um, I know that we all watched your final weather uh, segment. Uh, we all saw it on social. Um, one of the things that is most impressive about you and what you do is your impact that you've made on this community. Um, you've become a close friend of the restaurant. You've become a close friend of so many people um, that are doing significant work here in San Diego. And we're going to miss you. Um, you know that. Uh, you knew that when you gave that last television uh, appearance. You knew that when you tweeted it out. And I know it's been emotional for you. But um, can you kind of tell us the impact that Fox 5 has had on you? <laughs> oh. I'm sorry. It's been it's been so emotional the past couple of days, um, and this is especially emotional because um, of everything. You know, the the world, the state of the world. Um, I Fox Five was great. I mean, anyone who ever asked me, they know that I'm gonna sing the praises of that place because. Um, it was a place that gave me a lot of opportunity and it was a place that allowed me to really launch my career um, in a way that I, I wasn't really able to do before and to be seen by people. And I was uh, accepted immediately by that team. Um, you know, I, I joined Fox 5 when CW6 closed down and <laughs> I was the only person that Rich grabbed from CW6 and at the time, there was another station in town that had brought me in and, and done an interview with me. And I thought I had had the job. I don't know if I told you this story, but I thought I had the job at this other place. 
basically was convinced I did though after that meeting and they were like, Oh, send us your, um, your salary requirements. Like, what are you looking for? So I, I thought about it and I sent a pretty looking back a pretty low salary and mm-hmm. it was like, here's what I would like for this job. I didn't hear anything. I didn't hear anything. Was it based off of market research or did you have an agent? I didn't have an agent, but like based on just like, yeah, like I guess what you, you know, in the market, like kind of what a salary is for what job. And I didn't realize this, but that other station was waiting until they thought I was desperate. And they uh, didn't know I had accepted a job at Fox 5 where Richard picked me up and he allowed me to continue to work at CW6 as they closed because he knew that station needed help. And then he was like, come over to Fox 5 and work for us both. And then also, you know, there's some strategy in that too. Like they'll watch you there and then they'll come watch you here at Fox. Um, But that also meant a lot to the people there because they needed bodies in the station to just get it to the last. Um, So to the other station, they had waited till the last day and reached back out and had made me an offer that was $35,000 less than what I had written down, which was at, which just so you know, is like poverty line in San Diego. (laughs) (laughs) Like their offer to me was so low that I was embarrassed reading it. And I also was also excited because I was like, Oh, well, I already accepted a a job at Fox five and I I didn't want, you know, I wanted to be like, this is what they pay me, but I didn't. I was just like, thank you, but no, thank you. (laughs) And that was like the start of a really beautiful relationship at Fox five because they would then let me not just do weather, but I would fill in and feature report eventually anchor and then eventually do sports. And it, it never stopped. Even when they hired me full time, they're like, you're only going to do sports. And then of course that was never the case. They, and it was because it's what I wanted yeah. and that's not a common thing. Like most people don't get to do everything when they go somewhere. <laughs> I think it's a testament to you too, is that you were willing to do things that not only were uncomfortable, but were exciting. So you were pitching But it seemed like you were always working. (laughs) You know, it really seemed like you had seven days a week. You were working middays, mornings, nights. It really didn't matter to you. But wherever you whenever you did it, you were all in. And I think that's it came off on camera that way. It's because I love I love my job. And that's that's going to be anywhere in TV. Um, thank goodness, you know, I love what I do. So I did, I never felt like I was working even though I was getting paid. So it feels, it feels pretty cool, right? Like I get paid to do this, but I'm just doing this because I would do it even if you aren't paying me, but I never told them that because I wanted them to pay me. Correct. Well, I, I would love, I mean, that, the reason why I love doing the podcast is it allows me and our listeners to get an insight from people that are doing the best work possible in all these different respective fields, and especially in broadcast journalism, something we t- talked about on the last podcast when you came on. You know, you were part of the graduating class at Texas University that they don't even call it broadcast journalism anymore, correct? That's, that's correct. I was part of the last uh, broadcast class at U- the University of Texas, and now it's just basically an all-encompassing like digital media slash broadcast slash streaming type of class yeah Uh, isn't that interesting because you say that you're in tv but what is tv especially thinking about what you're going to next 
Well, and that's what made this project really exciting to me. Um, if you want, I can tell you a little bit more about it. Um, I've gone on a lot of job interviews. Um, I never wanted to leave San Diego or leave Fox 5. And even though I am right now, uh, I don't want to leave. But there's a time in our careers where if you want to take the next step, you have to take the next step. Um, I could easily be happy at Fox 5 for the rest of my life, just the way that it was. I know that things change are changing now due to the pandemic and who knows what the future looks like. But I jumped on this project because NBC wants to figure out the formula of reinventing TV and media for my generation, the generation above me and below me, because they're right. We don't watch TV news unless you're like me and you work in it. Um, and so that's a big undertaking and it, there's not a simple answer to that. And when I went out for this audition and this interview, and I met with the team, I felt and I saw a lot of ambition and hope. And I was like, these people, they're going to figure it out. And I want to be a part of it. It was a high risk, high reward opportunity because it could fail. Anything in life can fail. Um, but it also could succeed. And I would be willing to, to put my eggs in that basket and like work really hard and see if we can make this network succeed. Can you give us an overview of the network and kind of what we're talking about for NBCLX? Sure. So NBCLX uh, is going to be like their next network. So, you know, they have MSNBC and CNBC. Now, this uh, launches tomorrow, by the way. But um, the first two weeks of launch basically are there's a, a window of time when you launch a network that TV uh, cable systems and, and everything can can legally be setting up. Basically, there's like a buffer period. Um, and this is will be on basically if you have Comcast, Comcast has its own channel, Peacock, it'll have its own uh, channel. And then any station in which there is an NBC O&O, it has its own channel as well. Okay. San Diego is one of those markets. And right. I could send you a list, but basically, gosh, the list is so long of where the channels are everywhere. Um, it's like a hundred different places. Wasn't it crazy? Because that, I mean, that's content that's going to all those TV channels, to all those cable channels. But really, you're producing content, storytelling, local news, national news for the Internet in a digital first platform. I mean, I've already looked at their social handle from what they're doing, you know, publishing straight to YouTube, which is something that local news doesn't do. Um, it's not set up to do it that way. And back to what you're saying, you know, cord cutters and cord nevers, which are, you know, the generations that are coming, my generation, the generation below us. I mean, I had a 19-year-old Casey Adams uh, on the podcast last last week. He has a quarter of a million Instagram followers. He has a top 50 podcast. He's interviewed Larry King. He's, you know, he, he basically said that if you're a brand, if you're a business and you're not on social, you're irrelevant. You know, you're irrelevant yeah. to that generation. And that's, Frankly, it's the truth, and it's a truth that a lot of people don't want to hear, but it's really something that needs to be considered because it really doesn't matter how people are consuming the content, right? I mean, I think that's part of the problem before is that the business model is based off of advertising re revenue for certain metrics, but those metrics are different because how people see things, whether it's on a podcast, whether it's on Snapchat, whether it's on TikTok, I mean, it really doesn't matter as long as it's what you're trying to tell and convey that story, right? Yeah. And I, I mean, this is something that hurts to say out loud, but it's the truth. Local news, the way that we know it is dying, yeah. just like newspapers were dying and no one wanted to admit that. Um, now, the, the ones who adapted survived, right? The New York Times, Washington Post, but also 
let's admit those are the bigger papers. Those weren't exactly like little papers. And there is a cycle to be said that local news is very, very important. And I, and I wish people understood its importance in keeping, especially local governments in check and making sure that your communities are getting the kinds of information they need. Because if you just focus on the big overarching national, typically those decisions rarely come down to affect you and your community, but the people making the decisions around you, whether it be your mayor or councilman, those do affect you. Um, and, and so this is also kind of trying to figure out how to, to not only be an, it's a national network, but it's also trying to set a precedent of here's what you have to do in your local communities as well to get people to watch. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting. What is their, what's their strategy as far as hiring talent goes? All the talent has been hired. I was the last one, um, okay. because, um, huh? Yeah. Last one. So we're, we're, we're all there. Um, I was the last just because my contract was a little more complicated. Um, and I had a 60 day like waiting period, uh, waiting period is a notice, I guess you would say, uh, that I worked out of. And yeah, the talent's really cool. What I like about the talent is it's not like, not everyone has a background as a reporter. Some of our reporters were cinematographers or they were newspaper journalists or they have a variety of backgrounds. And one of my favorite, um, I've, they're all my favorite. I love their stories, but there's a, one of the guys on the team named Cody Broadway, who um, he is a cinematographer background and he tells beautiful stories that are long form. And it's like, you're watching a movie, but this is real. And he did a story recently. You should, you should check out on our YouTube page called uh, the Compton cowgirl. Okay. And it was about this girl um, who's in Compton and she's a black cowgirl and she's young. And it's like what her family faced to get her to each rodeo, to get her to practice to buy a horse like there's a moment that they even capture that's not you know it's when you capture moments that aren't supposed to be captured where he's interviewing someone and off camera you can hear the woman be like tell them the truth like tell them what it takes like we barely made it to the last rodeo because we spent all our money on gas like these little things that are a part of the story that are important that when sometimes you're turning and burning a story every day you 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 cut out because it doesn't fit the two minute and 10 seconds that you have to tell, you know? Yeah, no, that's a great point. And, you know, we're fortunate to be friends with Jim Trotter who works for NFL network and Mm -hmm. it's an incredible, incredible journalist. And I talk to him a lot about the stories and the amount of time that he takes, but the long form content that he gets, it gets whittled down, you know, especially when he was at ESPN and, you know, now NFL network. Yes, you have to have it for bite sized, but you also, if it's compelling content, you want more of it, right? You want it on to, when you want it, not because it's on at 6 p.m. and that's when you're going to see it. It's people don't really know when they see things, right? You know, if you put out something that's great, it doesn't really matter if you saw it on Twitter or Instagram or if you saw it on live TV or you heard it on live radio. Um, But if you can't share it, then it's gone, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's that's the big thing. And you you nailed it on the head. Yeah. So I, I, I like you know, somebody with your experience, what, um, give me some of the, some of the stories, at least with, when you were with Fox five with people that have businesses and that are trying to get media attention. What, what have you seen that works? That's a good question. And my answer isn't going to be a good one because things are changing and they're not going to go back to the old way for a long time. Um, but I think, I mean, press releases and PR 
people pitching producers stories? No, that might be the same, but just the way our world is going to work, I think, in the next year plus mm-hmm. um, coming out of this pandemic. Um, we have a lot of unknown factors and, and at, the, at the core of it, businesses are just trying to survive, right? Everyone's just trying to do what they can to stay healthy, stay alive, keep the people around them healthy and alive, but also continue living and not be completely uh, decimated by this, especially mm-hmm. if they own businesses. Sure. Um and so I would say that my advice is to be authentic in like whatever you're doing. Like I've had people reach out to me. I, I'm trying to think of like a, an example without putting it on blast, but be like, Hey, we're doing free water deliveries. Cool. Is the water free? Are you helping first responders? Like what's newsworthy about you doing free water deliveries? Cause that sounds to me like a sales pitch. Yeah. Um, now, you know, let's say, hey, we're doing everything we can to do free water deliveries to the elderly who may not have access to good, clean water. You know, that's a different story. That's like, oh, tell me more about what you're doing and what motivated you to do that. Were you motivated to do that? So I do a story or were you motivated to do that because you care about the community? Because maybe at one point in time, you know, you, your grandmother didn't have access to what she needed as far as, you know, utilities or water, you know, things like that. Yeah, I think that's that, that's a great point. And one of the other things I would want your advice for business owners would be once you do get a story, what's the best way to interact on social? Um, what do you mean from their perspective? Yeah, because one of the things we talk about every week is if we can't tag you, we can't pimp you. Like how many times have you been out in the field and you've done an incredible story, but the business didn't have a Twitter handle or they didn't have an Instagram handle and you're sharing a story that is compelling. That's incredible. And you want to genuinely say, this is a great business, please support it. But you have to hashtag the business. Yeah. That's gotten less and less. I think, um, and, and I'll be honest, not every business needs a Twitter. Uh, I, I personally don't think so. Twitter has become a very information driven, volatile, uh, platform for good and bad. Um, but I would say Instagram is uh, more business friendly. Facebook is more business friendly. Uh, Twitter typically is more opinionated unless you're like Wendy's, like, you know, and you're just being sassy to people and that's part of I your do, brand. I do Twitter. enjoy Twitter for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think being available is important. I also think like when you start a business, grabbing all of your social handles is one of the first things you should do because let's say you start a business and you don't do that and someone else now has everything tied to your business, getting that is going to be expensive and difficult. Yeah, for sure. When, um, how, how did the, the, this job come about? If you don't mind me asking. Not at all. Um, my friend Chase Kane is a reporter, a storyteller for NBCLX, and he's been working with them since 2018. Uh, Chase Kane and I actually used to work at CW6 together and I was his producer writer and he was my morning weekend anchor. Wow. And he told me that they were hiring hosts and that they were launching this network, but they were looking for a very specific kind of host, um, which I happened to fall into that <laughs> specification. What kind of, of host, like, what kind of host is that? <laughs> well, you know, NBC uh, can be a little buttoned up. They've always been very buttoned up um, by the book, and that's good. That's But they were looking to be less safe. 
They wanted someone with big personality, with a, a bit of a social following, who wasn't scared to get dirty or to be opinionated or to to, to show their personality on TV. And I was like, cool. Um, so here's my reel. And that was that was October of last year. Uh, I sent them my reel and I got a call that day. And I was shocked. I, that day I sent it to Chase. Chase forwarded over. I got a call probably two hours later. And I talked to the news director, who's now my news director, for I'd say at least an hour plus about what I do, what my vision is for news, things like that. And I really liked her. And I could tell, like, I was like, I'm going to like this person, no matter what. Um, good person to know in the industry. And then we fast forward. And originally, they were supposed to have us picked and ready to go by the end of the year of 2019. But launching a network's not easy. It takes time. And so they didn't make final decisions until the end of February. So... Now you see where we're at. We're at the end of February. I start to get an offer. I have about a week's time in which I get my offer. We go back and forth. I talk to Fox. I accept. And then, bam, the pandemic hits the next week. Yeah. Um, which part of me is grateful for. For the timing, because if I had accepted earlier, I would have been quarantined alone in Dallas um, in a new city that I wouldn't have been really familiar with. But because of the way things worked out, I've been able to be in San Diego um, around people that I know and care about for a little longer. So that was I was grateful for that. What is your vision for the news? (sighs) Realistically, it will be tailored to an individual, kind of like your advertisement is tailored to you, which is a dangerous thing because that advertisements are usually tailored to you based on things that you like or have said or have typed into Google. That's a long-term vision for the news. Uh, for now, I think what's important is to have a variety that anyone can take interest in what they're looking for, whether it be hard informational news, local news, digital news. And if you give them the option to say, hey, we have this rainbow, this spectrum of information, this is typically what you like to look at. Here you go. You'll come to us for it versus go somewhere else. That's good. When you were at Fox 5, was there you had, I know you had a lot of mentors that taught you a lot of things. Was there anything, any specific stories of things that you'll never forget? Oh my gosh. There's, I have so everyone there. Um, everyone has been a mentor to me. That's, and that's not a cop out answer. It's like true. It's like, you know, in the sports department, um, Troy, Kaylin, Matt, um, they were my team. And you, I mean, you know, this, I had, background in sports, but I didn't come from a pure sports background. Yeah. So they were kind of, I was given to the team and they were, they were like, here you go. And they were like, <laughs> Oh my gosh, this girl. Um, and they helped me every step of the way. Um, they were always really supportive. They taught me things that I didn't know. I hopefully taught them some things they didn't know because it's always good to have a fresh perspective, I think, especially in local sports. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you're all sports and numbers all the time, I think sometimes people get lost, like the human aspect of what's happening. Um, but yeah, they took me under the wing. Uh, Andrew Loria has been a, a great mentor, and so is Kathleen Bade, both of them. Um, I think you knew I went up to KTLA for an audition for a job there. And um, the whole time they were messaging me, they were watching. I know Misha was watching, like sending me messages of like encouragement. And I sent them, like I was able to send them like 
I was there for three days. So after the first day, I cut what I had done and sent it to them. I was like, what do you think? What should I correct for tomorrow? And like, they didn't have to do that. Sure. They didn't have to look at my stuff. Um, but the fact that they did and they were supportive and excited for me. Uh, Jamie Chambers is another one who like I can go to because he's from LA and he has like so much history in the news. When I told him about this opportunity, he, I was like, I don't know what to do. And he was like, no brainer. He's like, go explore, go try something new. It's like, yeah. you can always go backwards. Not saying that I would be going backwards, going back. He's like, you can't always go forward into something. So go forward. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. If it works out, it works out. For sure. And it, it's one thing to go forward at a new opportunity to be the morning host. It's a totally not, totally different when you're doing something that's could be industry changing. You know, frankly, what they're trying to do is create the stuff that we talk about every week on digital. Like this yeah. is the things that are exciting because it's different in a way that you're trying to break into the next generations and the next generations. What do they care about? And it's not that they don't care about the news. They just care about it in a different format and giving it to them in that format. That's going to be hard to do. It's going to be hard to do. This talking head thing that we have in news these days, this is not like a, this is, doesn't matter where you fall on the spectrum, left or right in the middle. There's too much opinion that has now been fused with news. And these two things are not the same thing. So when someone's like, I don't watch this news because of this, I don't watch this news because of that. It's because those cable channels have done a disservice to themselves of putting talking heads in between actual news, more talking heads. And then it all just kind of gets consolidated in people's minds and they don't pay attention. And that's not good. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, part of it too is not everybody because there's the video aspect, the audio aspect, and the written aspect. And all those things can be consumed in different forms on the internet. You know, people can read a great news article from a story that a local news station did, but they produced it in a way that's mobile friendly first, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not interrupted with a bunch of ads and, you know, take trying to sell you something that's earning pennies on the dollar, if that. Um, yeah. Because it's great content, you know. You want great content, so how do you how do you do that? Is that something? Are you going to have to be writing as well, or, or is that not in your contract? Um, I will. I will have my hands if I have my way in all of it. If you so have, whether it's in my contract or not, I will probably be doing it because you know that's that's what makes me happy. If I give you a product, I want you to know that I've put my full effort into it. And I was that way at Fox too. Like I didn't have to edit most of my packages, but I did because that's what made me happy. Um, so yeah, I will be a part of as much of it as I can be. That's super exciting. And so now you're saying goodbye to San Diego. You're packing up and uh, I know how hard it is. It's, it's the place, you know, it's, it's funny. I've lived here my whole life and I, you know, I have friends that have moved all over the globe and always, you know, there's nothing like being on the plane and well, plane and the coronavirus is a little bit different, but you're on your final descent into San Diego. You know, that's mm-hmm. something that no matter where you go in the world, you're going to know that. You have so many people here that love you and that care for you. Um, they're going to be cheering on, cheering you on, and in your corner. And no matter what, no matter what you're doing, and that's that's really the the coolest thing is that you're going to be accessible to people here in our market. Um, is there anything that specifically you're going to miss? 
it's Thanks. it's definitely the people like that's the only reason I almost didn't go is I I love everything about the city and I love everything about the people here I have so many friends and what also makes it hard is I I cannot tell you when I'll be back because uh flying is weird right now mm-hmm. um and that's that's the biggest thing is I don't know but um I will be back and I thought, you know, maybe I would stay. And I, a part of me, there was a moment where I was like, I can turn back now and I can stay in San Diego and I can keep my job at Fox because I want to help as many people as I can in my community because I feel like this is my community. Um, but when I really sat down and thought about it, I will I, that would be doing a disservice to my friends and to myself because now I have a much, much bigger platform to tell their stories. Yeah. Um, it's not just San Diego focused, it's everywhere. And, um, I just, as long as people know that, like, I'm doing this to try and make the world a better place, um, to make sure that really good information gets out there to make sure that we have a way of ensuring people want to hear from the news in the future, that's the motivation. And so, um, I'm going to miss the people so much, but I hear Dallas has great people and already I like everyone on my team. So that's a good sign. That's exciting. (laughs) Yeah. I I know during the pandemic, you've done something that I was really happy to see you do, which was your, your point of view, the COVID-19 point of view, uh, where you're telling personal stories that you wanted to tell. Uh, Why did you decide to do that? It was just the only thing that I could think to do. Um, Sports was canceled immediately. I had been shifted into weather and we weren't really at the time, you know, things were complicated about how do you go out? How do you interview people? How do you meet with people? What distance can you be? It got so complicated that I was just like, I can literally like zoom anyone. I can just, so I'll start reaching out and that way at least I have a little bit of documentation and people can see that other people are in the exact same position because I think at first even though you know people are going through the same thing, you're not, you weren't hearing it, you know, like especially from the restaurant industry, which got just hit over the back of the head, you know, just like, oh my God. And so I just wanted to do what I could to be like, here's good things that are happening. Here's how you can help. And here's other people who are going through things that are similar. And if nothing else, at least you've been connected to this story. Yeah. I think, uh, I mean, I really enjoyed all of those that you did. And I think it's, it's always great to see someone that knows how to tell a story, give an interview, especially in a time like this. And that's something that, you know, we encourage our listeners to, to understand that you don't have to have thousands, a hundred thousands of people that listen to you, you know, every single story, no matter where you are, if you have a restaurant that's in Australia, if you have a restaurant that's in Norway, I mean, we have people all over the world, listen to podcasts, like you have a village, things are happening in your village. And if you're already listening to the podcast, it's really easy to turn on Zoom or to turn on Skype. And then now you're producing an audio video content that you can start sharing the stories that are happening, you know, that are important because things are different. Every single village has a different story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, long form. That's the other thing is I was so tired of cutting things down to two or three minutes. I was like, I'm going to let this interview go for 10 minutes and you guys can watch as much or as little as you want. That's up to you. You yeah. know? Yeah. And that's, that goes back to the, you know, on demand world. It's always great to have live, but live, the obsession with live 
isn't the world we live in. I mean, we're not all rushing to go for, I mean, even, I mean, sports, having sports canceled now, but the last dance, you know, the last dance, the way that they produce the last dance, the amount of compelling content and context that we got as, you know, as an NBA fan who loved watching Jordan. And I got to learn so much about the backstory and all these other things. I mean, just, you know, Phil Jackson, bringing them all in at the end, at the end of the season to write down their innermost feelings and then burn it all, you know, in a bonfire. I mean, that's, that's incredible stuff. Yeah. And that's the stuff that I think will continue to win because um, people can find it. You know, people can find the compelling content that they want. Uh, what do you know about Dallas and what, what are you looking forward to living in a new city? So I don't know if, if everyone knows this, but I'm from that part of Texas. Mm-hmm. I am from Texarkana, Texas, which is three hours outside of Dallas. And when I was growing up, Dallas was like the big, like, oh my God, we're going to Dallas. This is a big deal. It was. I mean, goodness. I remember it was the first time I saw a skyscraper and I like freaked out. Like, yeah. I was like, wow, I want to live in a big city one day. Um, I don't know a ton about it. Besides that, um, I went to school in Austin. I've lived in Houston and then I'm from Texarkana and everyone I've talked to has just raved about Dallas and the people and the city itself. I do know that it's an, when I say up and coming city, I mean it in a way that it's a, it's one of the biggest cities in the world. It's, um, culturally it's very becoming very diverse whereas uh, houston isn't quite the same houston is very spread out and it's got its like different little pockets but like dallas has like a lot of art and culture and incredible barbecue you know (laughs) that's 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 one of the things i I do want people if if they if they do live in dallas and they know that you're coming is You have been such a huge supporter for the barbecue family. For us on the West Coast, of course. we are not Texas barbecue. We are not Kansas City barbecue. You know, we, we don't Cali barbecue. We are Cali barbecue. We have deep roots, but we have amazing pitmasters. That you know, you've come out to our events at, at Del Mar Barbecue Championship. Um, you and Heather Myers and Jim Trotter and Scott Kaplan and Dave Palais, Jeff Dotsess. I mean, the the media community, but you specifically, you've given so much to us. Um, that it means a lot, you know, it means a lot to all the caterers. It means a lot to all the barbecue restaurants. It means a lot to uh, all, all the people that you've, you've told their stories, you know, you've told their stories and you've helped them stay in business. You've helped spotlight some of the things that are important to them, some of the charity work that they are doing. Uh, and that's, that's important. You know, the, those are the things that are very, very important. So if you have a hookup at Pecan Lodge, let me know because that's right down the street. And I hear that they sell out quick. I've got some people. I think I think you'll be fine on your own, but uh, we, def- we definitely have some people. Uh, Tabitha, what's your what's your favorite social media platform as of today uh, in this COVID world? It's definitely Instagram. Definitely Instagram. Yeah, but it's owned by Facebook, and I do not like Facebook at all. <laughs> um, and I and before you know it, I think they're going to become one and the same. Yeah. Maybe get it a couple more years. But, uh, yeah, I love Instagram. Instagram, perfect. And how, uh, how can people find you? Um, you can send a carrier pigeon. Carrier pigeon. To Dallas, Texas. Yes. I <laughs> Just like search that. for Tabitha. Search for Tabitha. <laughs> if somebody sent a carrier pigeon to Dallas, that would be fantastic. But you got to get video of it at least. 
Oh, I would definitely get a video of that. So yeah, I'm on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Tabitha Lipkin on uh, Facebook at Tabitha Lipkin official. Um, but I use Instagram and Twitter the most. And, and uh, what's the last things that you need to do before you leave San Diego? Wish, wish this. Besides visit Tory Holistics. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not if how you it, know, you know. If you know, if you know, you know, correct. If you know, you know. Um, I need to finish. I need to finish my goodbyes. So I wrapped up most of my goodbyes with my friends. Virtual, virtual um, what's that? Virtual goodbyes. Ish. You want to know the truth? I want, I want to know the truth. <laughs> No, they're not virtual goodbyes. Good, good. That's even they're, they're, six, they're six feet goodbyes, though. They're just like, let me see your face before I have to, you know, not see it for a while. Yeah. So that's it. Well, thank you for everything you've done, San Diego. We, You know how much we love you. Um, you know how much you mean to us. You'll always be San Diego. We're always going to be cheering you on. Uh, you know that whatever you need, you have a whole city behind you. Um we're so proud of you. We're so proud that you were here, you know, that you're always going to be our, our shining star. And now you're going to go <laughs> do big things. And um, not only in Dallas, but, uh, you know, nationwide and, and the Internet's all over the world. You create compelling content. <laughs> you create compelling content. People will find it and you can impact so many people, which is amazing. I hope so. So I appreciate you having me on, Sean. You know, it means a lot. You know how much you mean to us. We, we appreciate you and uh, tell grandma we say hello and that we love her. Um, whenever, whenever we make it out to Dallas for some barbecue, um, we're going to have a good time. Yes, I promise. 